Hi, I'm Shona. And I'm Craig. And this is London by Lockdown, a travel podcast about falling in love with the new city in strange times, remaining curious and open, enjoying everyday discoveries and making it work. So, Craig, what have you been up to? I'm glad you asked, Shona. I have been decluttering. And what, Craig, have you been decluttering? I've been going through some of the audio from the previous episode of London by Lockdown, not the British Museum. We had so much tape we couldn't fit it all in, so I've actually been going over some of that old tape. Specifically the Migration Museum. We just had such an amazing time there and learnt so much. We kind of wanted to put that out into the world. It was a really special place. I ended up loving it so much that I did a bit of volunteering there late last year. So welcome to our bonus episode, more from the Migration Museum. Bear with us, the audio is a little patchy because we're recording in a shopping centre while wearing masks. Each departure gate in this exhibition explores different reasons for why people have left prison. Many are the same reasons why people are coming here. Over there, there's like a trolley crowded with suitcases. So this is an old poster, I'm guessing, advertising immigration. The stars which shine over Australia, the land of opportunity. The call of the stars to British men and women. Men for the land, women for the home. Employment guaranteed, good wages, plenty of opportunity. I only just first started hearing about the toll puddle mutters who were transported to Australia for forming a trade union. And then there's a letter from a mother who objected to her child being sent to live and work with families on isolated farms. Oh my gosh. In Australia, children were taken to remote farm training schools or religious institutions where they faced long days of hard work and harsh discipline. Some children suffered physical and sexual abuse. Many had to live with the stigma of being labelled criminal. Oh gosh, this is just heartbreaking. You know, this just feels really powerful just to be in spaces here where people acknowledge colonialism and how awful it was because so much pretending it never happened. And just that links between oppression of different peoples. Poor people have their children taken, Indigenous peoples have their children taken. Britain was the first country in the world to industrialise. Industrialisation gave rise to unrest in the cities and in the countryside as unprecedented changes depressed wages and led to campaigns for the vote and the right to form trade unions. Brave men and women like the Toll Puddle Martyrs left these struggles into the face of great uncertainty and hostility from the establishment. Wow. And there's a beautiful banner that someone's been making to celebrate it and remember it. And this one, I think this is just so clear. This is so important and we learn nothing about it in Australia. Growing up, they didn't call it invasion then, but growing up we heard a lot about the role of convicts in British coming to the continent of Australia. What we didn't hear was why were there suddenly all these criminals in England? They weren't criminals, they were poor. Why were there suddenly all these poor people? They weren't poor, they'd been kicked off their land. So we never got all this history of the Highland Clearances in Scotland, in England. So it was really great to learn more about that. The Highland Clearances refers to the depopulation of the Scottish Highlands, the rural north of Scotland and its Western Isles in the 18th and 19th centuries. I don't know my family history very well, but I know that our clan was in that area. 
The clearances began with the Jacobite defeat in the Battle of Culloden in 1746. Then in the 19th century, a combination of factors, economic collapse following the Napoleonic Wars, landlords' improvement plans that spelt disaster for the highland economy, forced expulsion, potato famines in the 1830s and 40s, and government-funded initiatives encouraging tenants to emigrate all denuded the Scottish highlands of their population. It is estimated that 70,000 Highlanders emigrated between the 1760s and the early 1800s and that a further 150,000 were forced off their lands between 1783 and 1881. Favoured destinations were Australia, Canada and America, where today thousands of citizens claim Scottish ancestry. The toxic legacy of the clearances, meanwhile, lingers to this day. Scotland still has incredibly undemocratic land ownership. And so in my family's case, Ted has a big sprawling family, but it looks like on his mother's side, they were kicked off their land and ended up in the cities in harsh economic conditions. And then by the time it got to my dad's generation, they all left Scotland. 10 pound pounds, this is my dad. In the years after the Second World War, more than 2 million people emigrated from the United Kingdom. Nearly 1.5 million went to Australia between 1947 and 1981. The vast majority of Britons travelled under the assisted passage scheme for just £10, part of the Australian government's pursuit of a white British nation. Post-war austerity, housing shortages and gloom drove many people out of Britain. Australia offered economic opportunities but also the chance for travel, adventure and personal change. Most people didn't need to have any particular skills or job guarantees before arriving. In exchange for their passage, British emigrants just had to stay in Australia for two years. While British emigrants had the advantages of a shared language, culture and history, approximately a quarter of emigrants came back to Britain, though half of those who returned soon decided they'd made a mistake and ended up going back to Australia. Wow. Anne Kelly, age 24, trade, dairy maid, sentence, 10 years, crime, still... Here we're reading from an exhibit that lists some of the people transported to Australia and their occupations. As you can hear, the reality of transportation was that it was forever. Given the list of crimes as well, it feels a little bit extreme to be transported to the other side of the world for the rest of your life. Mary Ann King, age 22, trade, house servant... Sentence, 10 years. Crime, stealing a handkerchief. Amelia Lang, age 24, trade, house servant. Sentence, 7 years. Crime, stealing children's clothes. This is on a little plaque. Convicts were often used as indentured labourers. A significant number were assigned to private individuals as domestic servants or rural workers. Yeah, you can read between the lines on that one. When their prison sentence expired, convicts had to pay for their own fare to go back home. Very few ever returned to Britain. <sighs> room to breathe. You're about to begin a journey through a series of rooms. These rooms do not belong to any one person or even one period of time. Rather, they contain stories from generations of people who have arrived in Britain from the early 20th century to the present day. In the face of an often hostile environment towards migrants, these rooms represent the personal and communal spaces that people have carved out for themselves. They reflect the struggles, joys, disappointments and achievements of making a life here, 
a life that requires creativity and resilience. There is no single overarching story, just fragments of daily life. We encourage you to make these rooms your own. Open drawers, look through cupboards, settle into an armchair. Stories can be found everywhere. Contribute your own story and make connections to the past and present. Please treat all objects with care and leave everything where you found it. Open the door, put down your bags, take off your coat, let the outside world fade away. This is where it begins. A room that you can start to call a home. A room to breathe. This feels really fitting. Your story, coming here and then being stuck literally in two rooms. Uh, yeah. Uh, we're in a kitchen. There's a whole bunch of cookbooks from around the world. And I think no matter wherever you travel, you carry a bit of your roots in yourself. And I think food also brings the family together. The Migration Museum is going to make a cookbook. They want people to tell their favourite recipes. And there's a whole, this is a great, um, it's done in kind of a medieval style and it's a tribute to NHS. But at the top, they've got stay alert, ignore the BS, stay alive. <laughs> this was done last year. There's a cross stitch that's done in the shape of Britain. And it's a poem or a piece of writing. Disowned Britain by Rachel Romeo. My skin is brown like the deep, fertile earth that feeds us, yet European blood runs through my veins. I am not sure why they call me Caribbean, as I don't resemble the indigenous people of those islands. My Mauritian side mirrors the same, although the dodo ruled their land before human feet invaded their shore. I am a cocktail of colonial Britain, and the past they hope to forget. I ponder on my future. What will it hold for my children? They are divine combinations established from love. Are they British? What will they become? My ancestors wasn't created on the Windrush. Yet greater society forges that view. Britain is all we know. We are the same. We bleed the same. Our papers must be the same. Void. I do not identify with anyone or anything. I must walk alone. We were really taken by Rochelle's work and her father was one of the first people to be thrown into the media as part of the Windrush scandal. So despite being a British national, he had to fight for 12 years to prove it. We haven't spoken about the Windrush scandal. It's hard to get your head around. It's just so terrible. And I don't think we can really encapsulate it here. So I just really encourage folks to go look at that on the internet. There's amazing resources. There's incredible community activism. People who've lived on the island for dozens and dozens of years, who've been paying taxes, who've been doing all the things that citizens do, are suddenly told that they're not British nationals and threatened to be deported. Huge thanks to Rochelle for giving us permission to use her work. We feel incredibly lucky that she's sharing that with us. 
The Migration Museum's next exhibition is called Taking Care of Business and it opens early April 2022. So if you can, get yourself down to Lewisham Shopping Centre and say hi to the staff because I'm pretty sure they'd love to see you. All the resources you're going to need are in our show notes, including links to Rochelle's work and the Migration Museum's website. So we hope you enjoyed the show and join us for our next adventure. Spoiler alert, it's a big one. (laughs) Yeah, it is.